episode <laughs> 521. How the hell are you, Sarah? I am good. You know what I did right there that I usually don't do, but I'm like, you're going to do more of this. Hmm. I tried to be mindful and I tried to just listen, like you were saying with the bird calls. Oh, and like, what were you listening you know, for? How you, you're, you're tone my when vibe. You, usually i come in and i'm like whoa my vibe or whatever i'm doing it's like I'm, you know this time i was like let's see where let's meet Susie where she is today thank you sarah here, here I, I am, am. For, here here i am uh did i say episode 521 probably yeah. whatever who cares yeah um, do you know how i know how because i'm listening <laughs> <laughs> so dumb it sounds like i'm being like 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 uh, you know, whatever the word is. Like, oh God, is that it? No, like, like I'm being facetious or something like that. No, I'm like right. totally serious. Like, She's we just, you know, gotta, we gotta listen a little bit more. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any like pressing life. news. Yeah, right. Like events. Oh, yeah, me too. That have hmm. happened. Anything important? I feel like I had a whole bunch of stuff where I was like, oh God, tell Susie about this. Oh God, tell Susie about this. And then now. Uh, you know, that's all right. uh, What can you do? Yeah, that happens all the time, but you know what? It it just sort of comes out as it, as it's meant to. Yeah. Kind of like the bumblebee story before. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Talk about that. My mom is very curious about an update on the paranormal activity. I was just thinking about that that all the time. Of course you were, because that's our thing. Uh, I was just thinking about how it's since... Since I talked to Sally, I haven't had any <gasps> weird things. You recognized maybe that's all it needed to do. It needed was for you to like recognize what it yeah. was, just like some energy. Maybe I don't know. There just hasn't yeah. been any bizarre. Yeah, my mom says there's an attachment to the furniture, to the stuff that the ghost has. Yeah, that like it's the stuff that, really? and she says something about like. She's mentioned like four times about the rocking thing, like a rocking chair, or rocking horse, or rocking. Okay. That like that being moved or. Oh. Know, whoops, excuse me, I burped a little. Oh my god, it's because I just ate a taco. Yeah. <laughs> I just ate a taco. I did. It's the the pico de gallo remnants are sitting right in front of me. I can't say I miss the ghost, but if anything weird happens, I'll get. Yeah. I'll check out the rocking chair yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> I on, did move on, it. On a maybe unrelated note, didn't you recently have all the electrical stuff in your house redone? <laughs> Wait, did I? I feel like I've called you and like you were like, oh yeah, the electrician's coming. Like the, they're doing electrical stuff. So wouldn't it be funny if also, like if we were to lay <laughs> right. a timeline of electrical repairs over the timeline well, of the ghost mix apps? Oftentimes the be. answer is the simplest thing. Yes. But so, ghosts yeah. are more fun than just way bad more wiring. fun. But I still do think I absolutely do think that the trapped energy thing yeah. is a fucking thing because I swear I love the 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 fa- the house that my family has up in Cambria. It's like our rental home that my grandfather built. It's beautiful, but I really do think there's some bad bad juju going on. Juju in there. Why? What happens? I just, it just feels, it brings out the most intense, uh, uh, it like intensifies, uh, uncomfortable feelings, like sad feelings. I feel like if you are an anxious person, you'd be extra anxious in there. If you're hmm. self-critical, you're extra self-critical in there. If you're hmm. sad, you're extra sad there. Well, that doesn't sound very inviting. Don't put that on the Airbnb I will not. 
Yeah, but I, I've, I'm cleaning it out. I've since cleaned it out. Well, I mean, I say since because I'm going to do it this weekend. So You're I'm going to go up there and like I have a whole burning plan. Burning sage and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Getting She's some, getting her potions out. Getting the potions out. Shining up the, the old cauldron. Yeah. And you need like friend, you need like helpers to come and like. Helpers? Well, yeah, like, you know, other people. Because like I can't, I'm, I'm like connected to How many to witchy it. women does it take to cleanse a house? I just one more, I think. One more. Yeah. Okay. How many like, two women does the, there's got to be a joke in there? First, the house actually has to want to be cleansed or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, keep us posted on that. I hope the mm-hmm. uh, energy shifts. I will. I think I'll be able to feel it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So Probably. the first order of business, Yes, I read a wonderful article in The New Yorker and the title was something like who something like who gets to decide what food is disgusting something like that oh and that's a good question yeah i mean that is something i've always wondered and yeah. um, <laughs> it turns out there is a museum in sweden called the museum of disgusting oh, food i've heard of this have you seen any of it? I have no, not. I just read it. I have it. not. But I, 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 yeah, I, I feel like I heard this it's before. It's a very popular And then I wanted place. to know more. So I'm so glad that we are here. Yeah. The Museum of Disgusting Food is designed similar to a lot of the Instagram-y places where you take lots of pictures, museum of ice cream, things like that. Okay. Um, but. Okay. I, so it's more like installation style, not like. Uh, they said uh, that it was designed to be like playful in that way where you want to take pictures and oh okay, i'm sure that's okay, just cool. good because like business. i in my mind i had like a hallway of uh, uh like, like free pillars stri- and like then, yeah. yes yes exactly yeah. that pillars like spotlights on them and like little plaques in front <laughs> maybe they have some of that but that is funny okay i love this this article because you know it's fascinating to hear about what food is eaten but to most people would be disgusting but there's some other- oh my gosh i did read this because i was like this is where they get all the ideas for the fucking things that they do on the challenge isn't there one of shark something with sharks oh my god i totally like fermented sharks uh, i think i'm t- i was triggered and i had to put it down because i'm like ah that's everything i ate in the finals on challenges uh, you probably yes. did because that was my feeling was like this I hope none of the producers read this because I swear they, they already know. Oh my god, yes. I, I that is. A, tell me more. Tell okay. me more. See, because I couldn't read it because it was like this is a final. <gasps> okay, yes. so wow. they these guys that created it, they took it really seriously, and they they had a screening process with four criteria: the taste, the texture, the smell, and then the process by which the food is oh. made. Oh. So oh like, right! If it comes, if it's made in like, like that coffee that cats have to shit out, or whatever that one is, yeah, that goes in there. Yes. So like, even if it's delicious, it. but if it, it's made of cat turds, well, then you know that's no a contender. Way. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's going on the brackets. And then like they keep track of how many times they throw up when they. Oh do something. my god! I should. Do, I should do this job. 
You would be great at it. I, I, I'm a big puker. You are a huge puker and you also have discerning taste. So I think like it, you would really check a lot of boxes. Yeah. And I don't mind eating. I mean, I'll eat it. So like, and I, I go in with the, with the understanding that this is probably in some culture a delicacy or at some point, like that. And if you go in with that mindset, it, it makes it so it's not, it, it, the disgusting bar is like raised, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it has to meet more criteria because you, it's just not just like the ick factor in your head. You may yeah. be like, how do you know this, Sarah? Go, it's on footage or go back and watch, <laughs> yeah. to, watch the tape. Yeah, watch my highlight it. reel. Yeah. yeah. Roll, yeah, roll, roll the that tape. beautiful bean footage. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Tell me more. I love okay, this. So th- the, one of the guys, he throws up all the time. He's like you. And then this other guy, <laughs> he found a lot of the foods unpleasant, but he got sick only after tasting something called balut, which is a Filipino oh. egg fetus snack <gasps> that is eaten straight from the shell with feathers, beak, and blood included. Nope. That really- no. Oh, just a baby. And oh my God. Um, the the part about that that I almost hate the most is that we're calling it a snack. That's what it's like. It's like a snack. Like because it would have been wrong to to not differentiate between like a whole meal. Right. Like it's like an amuse bouche. Right. Um, I'm like, why is that? Like that's like the appetizer for like. Oh my god. Must be a tiny egg, but still blood and all. That, but still, like just to refer to it as a snack. Yeah. I don't. That just is funny to me. And then they oh. were describing like the logistics are troublesome sometimes because like getting certain things through customs is a real problem. So like, you know, like there's this nearly extinct French songbird, which is prepared by blinding the bird. Oh, for Pete's sake. And then drowning it in brandy. Oh my God. There's no way that that makes it better. <laughs> there's no way that they were like, you know what? This is delicious. You know we'll make it better. Salt and pepper? No. Blinding the bird. <laughs> right. How is that a thing? It says the practice is banned in the EU, but, you know. A, a so they shocker. They couldn't get it in the museum. So sometimes they have to work around it. Like there's this raw monkey brain. Whose job is it to poke little bird's eyeballs out? <laughs> It was supposed. I can't. the The raw monkey brain was supposedly served at Chinese imperial banquets, and is represent. Instead, they couldn't get it in the museum, so they represented it by a type of wooden table that they would have uh. used to hold down the live monkey oh. while the top of its head was sliced oh open. Oh my god! Oh and spooned my god! Out. That is and spooned out. It's the descriptors. Who's right? Oh my god! I'm ill. I'm ill. Well, th- that taco I just had. I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank, thank goodness I already ate it. Also be, okay. Be me I'm and that guy. Gross you out a little more, but then wow. I'll get on to like the point of this the whole thing. This is fantastic. I knew just enough about this article to make this right. like really intriguing, and then you just blew my mind. Similar <laughs> to how the monkey's mind was blown open. Oh my god! And then scooped okay. out. So I'm going to tell you more of the examples, oh and then god. like why I brought it up in the first place. But first, I'm going to tell you that if you are eating these things, you might want to get hydrated with liquid IV. <laughs> Am I right? Please, it's way better actually. <laughs> it's way better, and maybe the flavors, the yummy flavors, will drown out yeah. the disgusting food museum products. <laughs> um, 
I'm loving the strawberry flavor. I don't know whether that's new or if it's just new to me. It's new. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. So is there, it, it, I feel like there's another new one. Watermelon. watermelon. Yes. Watermelon is delicious. The tangerine one is great because it's got an immune booster in there too. <gasps> I haven't tried that one. They Put it have on the list. apple pie. They have all these great flavors. It's so fun to try them. But oh, it's great because these pie. packets, you can just throw in your purse or in your car or whatever. Um, we use it for our night drinks. So, you know, when we go to bed, we bring one up with us and it helps us keep us hydrated because it hydrates you at two to three times uh, water alone. So this is yes. like efficient too. And if you think water is disgusting and like belongs in the Museum of Disgusting Things, <laughs> well, well, we could fix that. Yeah, liquid, liquid IV some has liquid the IV. answer. Grab your liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code CANDY at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code CANDY at liquidiv.com. Okay. Yes. So here's a couple other really gross things. Um, Love it. There's a South Korean wine that demanded, and I'm. How dare you make my wine not good? I'm literally quoting it demands fresh turds of children. No! Yeah. Are we sure turds doesn't translate to something else? In- I know, it, T U R D S. And it says um, <laughs> the guy that runs the museum scooped up his eight year old daughter's no. poop. No, no. Now and he just has a fetish it and with gross, rice like- wine. And then that's going to be – that's in the museum. No. Oh, you mean to like recreate it. He used yeah. his own – oh, my God. Can you believe? Talk about dedication to your job. Then they say the grossest thing of all, it doesn't oh, even – it doesn't actually sound that gross, but it's called surstroming and it's, um, the fer- it's fermented herring. And it's very This is the popular. one that I think they did. This is the one I think that they did on the challenge. Really? Because it was in like Iceland. Yeah. Yep. Nordic cultures love. Yes. This is it. This herring. Uh, or it's the one they did to us on the, the, the thing I had. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. The thing I, they, I swear, fermented herring. Yeah. What I loved about the article though was it oh pointed God. out some of the complexities of this. Like it's fun to talk about and get grossed out or whatever. But, you mm-hmm. know, like Sarah said, a lot of these are foods that in parts yeah. of the world are enjoyed and appreciated Mm -hmm. and provide nutrition Mm -hmm. and so on one hand it's introducing the visitors to new foods but on the other there's like this cosmopolitan sanitation process at work where we're like ew Uh gross and then like culture is not contextualized and calling it disgusting and even giving it that label yeah is and they absolutely oh yes oh yes why can't you use a different word like unusual or um, yes. something, but they said it just doesn't have the same effect and they're, they're trying to make money. Oh my God. And oh, then, ew. It says every colonizer ever. True. True. Fucking A. I don't like that. Yeah. And so like, you know, they're trying to- That's they're what the saying, oppressor says. I'm just trying to make money. Well, they're saying like, we're trying to run a like business that. here. Yeah. That's exactly what, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so- Same with everything that, where they've, uh, uh like, um- uh, 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 what is the word? Objectified a culture, like in a way, like it's it's. Oh, where everything is commodified. Yes, yeah. it's commodifying somebody else's right culture. culture too. It's it's like appropriation in a strange way of like I'm going to put this on display that some other culture without giving any 
background or ref or like context to like well, how like, this was a lot and of who times, knows maybe there's a whole story behind that that i now i'm mad well a lot of times the things that can make you money are mm-hmm. the it's low-hanging fruit it's the mm-hmm. stuff that's like the challenge, you know, it's like reality right. TV because it's yeah. like, yes, you're introducing people to other cultures and their food, but then you're tracking how often you vomit. Like they have a sign up that says like two days since last vomit or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like what that does, it's like subliminally or like subconsciously yeah. to our idea of the, whatever the, the, whatever culture like, or, or part of the world or whatever eats that food there's a connection made between like oh that is disgusting well and it's hard to separate food culture people the the writer of the article is asian she's chinese Mm -hmm. and she said that you know a a big percentage of the food represented is asian Mm -hmm. and that it made her feel very self-aware and sort of embarrassed because they're calling it disgusting and she grew up with that food you know yes and then if you oh my gosh it's messed up yep and like absolutely you know what they think our like maybe some of our things are disgusting have you tried mayonnaise fucking ew well even just when i read about that egg bird i'm like well we eat part of an egg like what's the difference you know right fetishize yeah. eggs on everything in western yeah. food if, if you had any of that weird jello fruit salad shit <laughs> put that in the museum and so and also Nasty. it was talking about how the stigma for asian cultures especially now is so much worse with people mm-hmm. thinking that covid came from oh, you know those yeah. wet markets and yeah. the people eating bats and so there's also that element of Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want this to oh, encourage God. that way of thinking. It is low-hanging fruit. It yeah. is. Like, it's so interesting, and it is fun to talk about, like, can you believe they eat that and everything? But there are consequences to it. Yes, there yeah. really are. Yeah. It's important to be aware of what those are and take that into consideration, even just, like, in how just it's... Just being aware of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a way to present it and a way to talk about it that maybe... and and. But that wouldn't make as much money, Sarah. That's the thing. Oh, God. And that's like, what are we talking dollar-wise? Like, that's what I think people have Mm -hmm. to, like, take in. Like, is it a difference? Because it's still going to draw attention. Like, okay, now if you switch the name, like, or whatevs, would it, uh, what are we talking a difference of? $1,000 a year? Is it worth it? Whatever, you know? Are people not going to show up anymore? Because now it's called the Museum of, of Unusual uh, yeah, like uh, global taste and yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, but like I think it would work harder in your advertising. It's do hard. more work. That's why you know academics are stereotypically so boring and whatever because there's nuance and there's context and it's yeah. drier than being like I ate this egg with a beak in it oh. and I puked. Suze, I swear this is why it, it can be hard to have certain conversations or hang out with like. Uh, sometimes people who like hang out with different groups of people that want to talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling of like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about, you know. Well, I was telling Sarah before we started recording whatever it is. that I had some people over the house and it when they left, you know, I had a nice time and everything, but I thought 
okay, we're at different places in our life. Yeah, that. Yeah, where you think, well, I'd, I'd rather talk about ideas and stuff that matters and like brain candy yeah. stuff. And some people would prefer to talk about boring, weird. And that's fine. And we might be in different moods at different times. And yeah. that's totally fine too. We have to check in like, what's the mood I'm in right now? Yeah. The mood I'm sure. in is making my bathroom like a spa thanks to Osea. <gasps> oh, yes. Love that. These products self-care. are phenomenal. They are luxurious. They are rich. They are not greasy. Like they have these oils. They yeah. have moisturizers. They have bath um, salt therapies. And yes. it really feels like you're treating your body properly. Like there's a beautiful fragrances and it's just like and really don't nice. you deserve it? I'm saying. Yes. Well, and the older I get, the more care I put into my skin just because you realize how, you know, things change over time, the texture, the, the way your skin looks. And I just want it to be beautiful as long as possible. And so Osea creates these skin and body care products they're powered by the sea, so they're responsibly yes. sourced, plant-derived ingredients, really good for your skin and good for the planet, which is very important to me. And the company is female-founded. We yes. love that. A mother-daughter team. So cool. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders over $50. They even send you free samples with every order. And I love that. And you get 10% off your first order with our promo code BRAINCANDY at oseamalibu.com. That's 10% off with code BRAINCANDY at O. Sia Malibu, it's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. And, you know, the samples they give you, that inspired me to buy another one because I got to try it and I really loved it, so I bought it. Anyway. They use, like, science. Oh, my God, it's great. I love it. I love everything about it. So good. Okay, next up, I just saw this really cool picture. It was on Esquire, and it was saying that there was, like, in the middle of a lake, and it was a picture of a church steeple coming up ah. out of the lake oh and it said Weird. like this underwater town is coming back out of the water after so, however many years it's like what the heck is it is this what? Atlantis? doing underwater right yeah. how to get underwater to begin with it said that this place curon c-u-r-o-n it's like off of italy was uh-huh. once a village of hundreds of people before it was sacrificed in the name of energy in 1950. It was intentionally flooded to create Stop. a lake. That kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies in a weird way. Why totally. does it do that? Why does it do that? In, when you said intentionally flooded, it made me like, huh? Like, yeah. oh, 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 they what's were that? creating an artificial Terrifying. lake for hydroelectric plant. Of course, the residents were evacuated, but there was yeah. like 160 homes and obviously oh this church. And even now, like when the water is frozen over, visitors can walk straight across the ice to the church steeple and examine the old architecture. How weird is that? Wow. Are these the things I've seen in photos where, where they're like scuba divers that can go down mm. on a park bench? There's like a park <gasps> bench know. underwater. Oh, it's so weird. Yes, I've seen like photos of that before, but... I never knew what it was really from. And that, are we doing that a lot? Like, I've never heard of that. Me either. 
And who decided? Could you imagine? Yeah, like oh, the d- town Did you ever meeting? watch the? Oh my god! Hey guys, guys. we got it. We got an <laughs> idea. Good news, bad news. Good news. What? How, how do you feel about a lake? <laughs> right. Do you love hydroelectricity as much right. as I do? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know how you said you've always wanted waterfront property? Well, <laughs> good news. <laughs> Can you Could be underwater property? Oh my like, it god! It freaks me out. I'm gonna post the it pictures does. on our Instagram because it, it freaks not, me out too. It's not okay. It thinks because because did you ever see the uh, uh, HBO series Chernobyl? No, but everyone loves it. Oh my, Susie! No, after you see great. Interstellar, see yeah. that. Okay, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> Well, also, like by the way, your story. husband sent me a me- we were like emailing back and forth, and he made a reference to Interstellar that made me think that he has seen it. So if he no. if he saw it and you didn't, he like you mean maybe he it was like just- knew some part of the plot or something? Well, no, not about the plot, but he just like <laughs> wrote about it conf- confidently enough, <laughs> like without saying, but I haven't seen it afterwards. I'll investigate that. Has he seen it? I need to know the answer to that. Anyways, back to it. Back to what we're talking about. Okay. Now I'm thrown off by our Ma- Matthew McConaughey reference. It's all right. I'm moving on. Um, yeah, 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 I just wanted to tell you that because it freaked me out. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, about th- the scariest part about Chernobyl was like oh, yeah. when the town was evacuated and they like decide like, hey, everybody, you got to leave and you got to like take th- yeah. What take would you take? This many things. Th- now you're leaving. Like that would suck. Mm-hmm. And how much are they paying residents to re? relocate i'm that i think I have about so that many lot. questions like what even when they build like a highway and you, they have to pay yeah. the people to move like, you know i, I don't want to move no me neither i act I like this is happening that. to us right right i remember um, that one is like i'm not leaving i please they're repainting the 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 color of the building and i'm upset are they and so i am not in any way an owner or or you know, I'm like, ugh, I don't like that color. I don't approve. And wow. I have like, feelings of regret. Like, like I made a bad choice of the paint color. It's, and it's not, it's, it's not even the inside of my house. It's the outside. Yeah. You what have is to that? just accept it. What is that? That's, that's dumb. So yeah. Okay. Now we're going to talk about resilience. Oh, I do love to talk about this. They have determined that there is, um, like one thing that really significantly determines whether you happen to be a resilient person or not. Oh my God, I'm nervous. What? What is it? It is um, close personal relationships when you were a child. Oh. So early attachment to parents. Well, yes. And basically believing that you're loved when you're a child. Mm. If yes. you felt truly loved, you are much more likely to be a person who can handle life's inevitable difficulties. Yeah. What do you think and of I that? Hear, I, I like that. And I hear it doesn't take, it doesn't take many people. Like you just need like that one person who, mm-hmm. you know, you need somebody who's really going to love you. Yeah. It's, it's good and it's also sad. Yeah, it is. Because so much is riding on those early years. But I do know that you can reform those attachments with certain kinds of therapy and with the right people. You can, there is, so people should never feel like, well, I didn't get that. So I'm like fucked forever. No. Yeah. So they were saying that like um, that can tell you what's in your resilience toolbox. Like some people 
um, their toolbox is filled with drugs or drinking or gambling or shopping. Yeah. Um, but those aren't, they don't really create resilience. They're just right. coping. And so yeah. resilient people are usually optimistic, but also realistic mm-hmm. and have a moral compass and religious and spiritual beliefs and like cognitive and emotional flexibility. And then the social connectedness, like all the things that everyone tells you are good for your health in every way are also yes. good for this. Yes. It's all connected. It's all the same. It's like what we say. It's like a return to the basics. And so since it's so important, all these things like having social connections and having a spiritual yeah. sense and having morals, like cultivate that. Even if you feel like you got ripped yes. off in the toolbox, you can fill it up now. It isn't too late. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not too late. And I think the more understanding of maybe, like you said, like what we didn't get, the more you can, like once you recognize that and say, oh yeah, that that was missing and that's okay. Let's go get it. Mm -hmm. Then you can start like cultivating that in your, in your life. Yeah. So all hope is not lost. It's just sort of good to know. And some people kind of like start on third base. Those people that had a lot of love and support. Okay. They got a head start, but that doesn't mean you can't play the game. Yeah. But also resilience, like, like, uh, uh, some people got a head start on maybe like, um, the love, but there wasn't the hardship and the challenge that maybe required them to, I don't know. skills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like nobody is, is, uh, free of the human experience. So it's like going to happen, you know, there's going to be tough times. And what I heard this great, uh, new phrase for parenting now, maybe I've shared this already on here. Um, but instead of calling them like helicopter parents mm-hmm. that like hover over and like, you know, look at everything they're doing, they're calling them, uh, uh, oh my God, what is it called? Uh, sweeping parents or curling oh. parents? I can't, I think it's sweepers, but it's, it's like, you know, in oh, curling, the, the sport of curling. Yeah. Snowplow parents. Mm-hmm. Like we're clearing the way before. And yeah. so like, there's no problems and no nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you can have a lot of the, of love, but if, if there aren't a few hurdles to like build up that resi- resilience, yeah, everything can feel like a big gigantic hurdle when you're older. And yeah. people who have had a lot of big gigantic hurdles, you can look at it and be like, well, wow, you get look, perspective. I over- yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. don't you ever talk to someone who thinks like nothing is a big deal? Like they yes. think that a tiny thing is a huge thing. And you're just like, oh, girl, you, you have had a great yeah. life if you think this yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And to them, it is, you know, because yeah. like the body doesn't know and the brain doesn't know, but it probably won't be the biggest deal you deal with. There will be mm-hmm. bigger, you know. Yeah. Nobody is immune. Nobody is, is, well, I have yet to meet any, somebody who did, who is, doesn't have, like, that, never had hardship. That um, article was in the New York Times, and it's really great. If you're interested, check that yeah. out. Um, yeah. I read another article. I think this one was in the LA Times. This was 
about, it's called The Man Who Didn't Invent the Flame and Hot Cheeto. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that I see these article titles and then I go, that's interesting. Susie will probably tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, because some of the, especially like New Yorker ones are really in depth, so they take a lot of time. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to give you cliff notes because yeah, I can't great. resist. I need to know. So yeah, tell me, tell me. The the guy who didn't invent Flame and Hot Cheetos, this fascinated me because I swear we even talked about it. For sure we did. And they made a movie about it, yes, I thought. Yes. Okay. That, I am so glad you are yes. telling us about it. This is like a follow-up to a previous yes. story. Yes. This okay, is great. before I tell you, I want to just encourage you guys to get into a routine by taking your vitamins. Yes. Thank you, Ritual, for giving me the motivation and the product that I can handle. It is the best vitamins I've ever tasted because they are not disgusting. They do not make my tummy sick. And they right. are vegan-friendly, non-GMO, sugar-free, free of major allergens, all that good stuff. Now they have kids' ones. They have men's. They have prenatal, postnatal, and the protein that you inspired yes. me to get. Because yes. you were like, I've been taking their protein. I'm like, what? Real? Protein? Yes. They have it all. So they are keeping us on track. And, you know, if you maybe aren't eating the best or whatever, Ritual can help you fill in those little gaps um, especially if you're postnatal or prenatal, a mother doesn't always put her needs first, but Ritual does. That's why they're offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash brain candy to start essential postnatal today or any of their other product lines. Yes. yes okay. Yes, yes. So the, when I had talked about this story previously, I knew it as there was this guy that worked for the, I guess, I don't know if it's Frito-Lay or whatever, Whoever, like, the main company is that makes Cheetos. Um, and he was, a, sounds about right. he was a janitor. <coughs> yes. And he had heard the CEO say that, like, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, What's got a little Cheeto, Cheeto dust. <laughs> Cheeto dust. <laughs> it goes right in the lungs. Okay, so he was a janitor, and he had heard the CEO say, like, hey, we're all in this together. If you have a great idea, please call me. And we'll consider it. And so he went to the boss and pitched this idea that, you know, he, I think he's, well, he's a Latino man. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he's from. Mexico. He's from Mexico. And he was saying like a lot of people in the um, Hispanic culture really like spicy foods. You should make a hot Cheeto. Mm -hmm. And this story mm -hmm. is so inspiring yeah. because like, he went from janitor to becoming like head of marketing or something crazy. Yeah. And it was a real triumph. And then as Sarah said, they sold this his life story to Ava Longoria is going to make a movie and he has a memoir coming out. And he gives like talks all over the world about how awesome he is. And uh, turns out he did, definitely did not make Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Get out. We yeah. were sold a big old crock of crap. Of Cheeto dust. Of Cheeto dust. I'm so mad because the thing about it is, like, if if we if you just hear his regular story, it's so inspiring. Oh, they needed to, uh, right? Well, dang. Like, well, it, what's his regular story? Just he was, you know, originally he was hired as a janitor in like the 1970s, and then he was like within a few months was promoted to the um, the manufacturing line. And then he worked his way up over time and did become one of the people in the 
offices working mm-hmm. on marketing and he did pitch products that mm-hmm. came to be. So and basically everything is the same except the line, hey, you should make Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yeah. And also I'm just okay like he kind of, he acted like he alone created Flaming mm-hmm. Hot Cheetos and they were like, even if you pitch an idea, you're not the only person that like decides right. the ingredients and the spices and... Do we are we mad at Cheetos for this? Maybe a little because they because I think this is like exploitation revealed. of the the yeah okay like they Tell knew the truth and they never said like uh, that's really... they like the idea. It's almost like I feel like this is a little bit of like taking advantage of yeah. It it, it looks like a good story. It's like it's good a great publicity. headline. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now like who doesn't want a flaming hot Cheeto right now? And he kind of got away with it because Flamin' Hot Cheetos started in 1989 and then he never talked about it until after the year 2000 and really until 2017 when Flamin' Hot Cheetos became really, really popular. Mm-hmm. So all the people that actually did create them had retired and were sort of like not in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. and didn't even know. Definitely not on Twitter. Yeah, and, and TikTok and so right. he was like able to perpetuate this myth without mm. anyone being like, okay, stop it. Until uh. eventually the woman who did create Hot Cheetos. Um, and it was a woman? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a bummer, like I said, because he has a great rags to riches story and I'm sure he's very yeah. impressive, but you don't like need to no, you don't add to the story. You really don't. Mm. Especially at the expense of the people who did create it. I mean, that it's a dubious really distinction anyway. Come on. Interesting. Very interesting. What if that's what you were hanging your hat on? That you made Flamin' Hot Cheetos? But like, I wonder what his feeling is on that. Like, is it, is it like he, he, he like gets off stage and is like, oh, I'm a fraud. No, no. I think people like that convince themselves. Okay. Right. And if everybody's saying it. Because the CEO that he said, like, told them to call him and all that, he didn't even work there until 1990 after Flamin' Hot Cheetos had already gone to, like, testing. Everybody was on board with this. Yeah. Wow. This is, like, there uh, – I can't remember what the guy's name is, but there was a HBO special uh, a long time ago where this comedian did a, like – um, rewrite like American history, but like the real history kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And was talking about how when the when fiction becomes when when fiction is more exciting than fact, print the fiction, and then mm. fiction becomes fact when it becomes yeah. recirculated so often. Yeah, and in so the frequently. article, it even said that that when they would try to fact check certain things. The people at the company would just be like, listen, mm-hmm. it's been a long time and this myth has been around. It's hard to know like what actually did happen, but they yeah. were able to find receipts and stuff. So um, <laughs> he definitely did not make Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but he did yeah. lots of cool stuff. So just be that guy. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, kind of a letdown. It's, it's, it's like you want the, you want that I guess you're right. Both stories are good stories. Well, and I just love that we're so desperate for these sort of like feel good stories, though. About oh my god, whatever. that's the truth. That we'll just okay. He made him. He's an immigrant. You're he was a so janitor. Right. That's yeah. it. The end. 
you know, that feels good to us. Yeah. It's all those like, like, the, yeah, like, they're like, yeah, yeah, that looks good. Apple Day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. I'm like, <laughs> Apple Day. Like, no, nobody like questions like, oh, no, no, just the story sounds good. Keep I, uh, I read an article. Let's see. Where was this one? The Guardian. This was about why architecture is designed for six feet tall men. Oh, my God. For sure. Yeah. There's this guy, Le Corbusier, who developed this um, proportional system, quote, unquote, in the 1940s. And he had in mind, like, a, he, literally, he had in mind a handsome British policeman. This was Stop his vision. It. Oh, my who, God. There isn't anything we would w- want less to be. <laughs> right? The only thing is going from is British. So he wanted to shape the entire post-war world and then basically started dictating everything from the height of a door handle to the scale of a staircase. And it was all to make it for the six-foot-tall ideal man. And then all these ladies were like, no, no. So then they, these women got together and they created um, this group called the Matrix Feminist Design Cooperative. Created Well, I, I love that they are getting together. We're like, we got to fix this. Yeah, because they were saying like architecture didn't even consider the needs of women at the time. Like the kitchens were super small and like the room, the nursery or like the kids room wouldn't even be within the line of sight of where, you know, stuff like that. And so the cooperative decided to like (sighs) consult with women. And I swear the last apartment I was in 100% designed by a man. Mm-hmm. Because none of the things function in the way that you would need them if you were a, a woman and maybe the one doing most of those right? like, jobs, whatever it would be. Like and you just design over function. If you don't talk to the people that are using it besides men, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't know if you just don't wow. care about that. So the the bedroom in I in sight is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Really good example. Yeah. But what else was on there? They just were saying that the there was no consideration for the ways in which women were using a home in comparison to men. Yeah. And I'm sure it didn't wasn't limited to homes, but that was the example they used. Oh, par I feel like I've heard this about parks before and uh like cars, how mm-hmm. cars are designed. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Well, you see it with medicines too, how they just don't test them on women. So they're like, yeah, we don't know what will happen if you're on your period or whatever. The test dummies? Yeah, we did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So just assume everything you mm-hmm. used, you know, you're used to it. So you might not even notice. I remember like those moments where like I rarely wear heels, especially now. And I, I like would put on a, heel, a pair of heels and then you go to like sit on a toilet <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is easy. Yeah. Like my feet actually touch the ground. Like right? it's, I'm not even that short, but it's weird that it, it's a like a point. very different experience when you have heels on and you use a toilet. Yeah. You're like at a, a traditional male height. <laughs> it's funny. God damn it. Yes, for sure. I'm probably six feet. Well, no, they don't have seven inches for going to six or Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
Okay. Yeah, that's all. Next up, I did read an awesome article in the New York Times um, about a nun. She's our age. She's well. She's my age. She's forty, and she um, wanted to encourage people. She's like real badass and into like. We love she's that. like a punk rock nun. And, punk rock um, nun. I love it. Yeah, and she wanted people to really remember the practice of memento mori, which is uh, remember your oh. death. Yes. And she says people will often say, oh, it's too morbid. Why do you want to focus on that? And she obviously believes that if you are aware of your immortality in like a daily way, that you will have a better sense of your priorities, you will have a better sense of urgency about your lifespan and your behaviors... And that our collective, like, what do they call it? De- death negative. Death narrative. Yeah. And how we narrative, kind of, Negative death narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And we think, oh, it's just bad. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to engage with that concept. It's a disservice to our lives. And it was For so sure. good. Yeah. I love that somebody is, is um, uh, saying that from a religious place like from a religious perspective you know like because where where else we heard this is or something similar is how uh people who are like goth are doing better in the pandemic or doing better with the idea of a bunch of people passing away because which is so sad but the the idea of kind of embracing that death narrative Mm -hmm. and it's 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 helps you cope Mm -hmm. With grief, with loss, with all that. So I love that. And so you usually hear it from like, you know, maybe like a, a, a goth person might not be the best, uh, uh, I don't know, source of info if you're somebody who's like maybe religious. But when you hear it from a nun who's like, oh, yeah, actually listen to those goth people. Well, and she like, was oh, saying that right. like she used to be an atheist and um, she got involved, I think it was in the animal activist community. And wow. they believe that... There is no species hierarchy that we're all equal and that you can't Mm -hmm. see humans as better Mm -hmm. or more deserving of care. And she really wasn't into Mm -hmm. that idea and felt like there was something inherently special about humans that she connected to the idea of the soul. Mm -hmm. And so that's why she became religious and ultimately a nun and why she wants you like kind of to remember your soul and remember that it's finite and probably the end of the story when you die. So make it, make it worth it now. Mm, Yes. You know, I, I saw, uh, this was, um, uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, who's the, the Reverend at, I pastor, I guess at the Agape church, it's like a spiritual center in Los Angeles. And he's like the one who wrote uh, or was part of not wrote, but, um, was, uh, in, um, he was on Oprah a whole bunch and he was in that movie, the secret, stuff like that and mm-hmm. he's he was saying how we need to do more we like there's this idea of like oh i just need to be a good person mm-hmm. and how we need to, being a good person isn't really enough like being a good person is just like okay so maybe you like you know pay your taxes and you like you know stop at a red light and you like you know don't litter and you're a good person that's not really what our souls like journey, like mission, whatever it is, like what, if you want to call it this, what the universe or God wants from you, if you're not, uh, if you're, uh, uh, so like self-critical 
and you are um, feeling like like doubt and shame and guilt and all these sad feelings and and just like down on yourself and not and just being so hard on yourself, then the, and and that that's not really. But you're checking all the boxes. That's not that's not the good that the universe wants you to do. So what it's does like he you want say you to the f- universe wants you to do? To feel uh, joy and to not feel guilt and to not feel um, uh, like shame and those like self-critical feelings, you know, to have not this like feeling of like, you know, the negative death narrative, that more positive mm-hmm. like connect to what makes you happy and mm-hmm. and – it's okay and like you're just a person and being a person is hard and and all that stuff and it just yeah. like we sometimes we are focused on checking the wrong boxes and maybe the the right box isn't like the right box is inner peace and inner uh, uh you know whatever your source of joy is mm-hmm. and and you know maybe not necessary but we like focus on oh my gosh am i doing the right thing yes yeah, says who so, yeah, I think I it's know. important. Somehow this was related in the beginning, but now I'm like staring no, I... out at the trees that are like blowing in the wind and oh like looking at the birds. We've and lost I'm like, her. Yeah, totally. Peace, love, so. dope. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, I do <sighs> think it's important to examine your motivations and your intentions and just sort of clock, go in there and be like, what am I doing and why am I doing it? Because yeah. a lot of times we go into autopilot. Right. That see that that is it. And like yeah. when, when you examine what it is and why you're doing it, uh, make sure it's it's to f- like feel fulfilled and feel like you know the good feelings. We love good feelings. We love them like the most. <laughs> okay. Way more than the bad ones. Next, even up. though those happen too, and those are just feelings, and it's all fine. Okay. Um, End of my TED talk. I'm going to talk about. Noise pollution at the bottom of oh. the ocean. Oh, wasn't the place I thought you were going to. I know. This talk one about surprised me because I, I know there's noise pollution in the ocean. We've we've read about it before, but at the bottom, like at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, is that the name of wow. it? Wow. Are there? Cur- yeah. Yeah. Are there currents? It was just saying that there's like they record. They use their equipment to record for many, this, many is days. Is this going to be freaky stuff? No, no. Oh, like sometimes was, I don't know. Underwater sounds. We we have not explored a lot of that, and mysterious sounds coming from the ocean kind of is freaky to me. No, they. It wasn't mysterious. It was just sort of like more than they thought. They thought that it was so deep down that yeah. the sound wouldn't be able to get all the oh. way there and so they were surprised at how noisy it was and they heard the it's rumbling. water they should know this water amplifies sound yeah but there's like certain areas where there's um obstacles oh, and so those okay. areas can have more quiet but for yeah. whatever reason this is a place where noise can go and they could hear the rumble of earthquakes and the chatter oh. of um whales and oh like of course, boat propellers, and they were saying how it's like these, you know, all the shipping stuff. Yeah, is super how loud, loud is that? It was. They were surprised by it. They didn't give a decibel reading, but they were. The good news is that they're going to be able to use the recordings as like a baseline measure over time to see if it gets noisier. 
Okay. And to measure the health of the ocean. So they're going to use because sound. Because I can imagine, a- like, sound is something that's super important for a lot of animals in their, uh, a bunch of stuff, I would yeah. imagine, right? Yeah. Now you add this outside element that are variable that is, like, you know, man-made and this really loud noises. Maybe those are affecting migration patterns. Maybe they're affecting the uh, ears of these poor little marine animals. That- well, and if you once had tons of whale chatter and then in 10 years you don't, <gasps> that can oh. help you see whether the whales are in trouble or not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if they're like calling out for each other and they can't hear it because of the boat noises? Well, that was something we talked about before. That is yeah. an actual real problem. I don't like this. They're trying to get mates and then these boats come through and totally cock block them. Oh, my God. I hope Squatch and just makes a meme out of that. <laughs> I love, love, love when Arthur. Some of the times I'm like, oh my God, we're hilarious out of context. Yeah, usually I'm appalled at my own. It's great. I love every single one. But you know yes, what? Yes, I gotta like set you up for funny, say funny shit. <laughs> As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay. Mm. Man, sounds at the bottom of the ocean. Huh? Let me think. I might have one more. Mm. That trench is so much deeper than we think it is. Remember when you sent me that that little scroll through? If that still exists, people Google that. It's like, how deep oh, is the fun. ocean? Scroll, yeah, like scroll to the that. bottom of the ocean. It's insane. Yeah, how really deep you're sc- like? Set aside ten minutes because you're going to be scrolling for a fucking while. It's yeah, so much deeper than you think. The ocean is so much deeper than we think it is. Yeah, and you can see on that chart oh like how... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm freaked out thinking about it. Yeah. Ah! Ah! Makes my toes curl. What the fuck is down there? <laughs> Weird stuff that we don't even know about. I mean, this might be a bad time to do it, but I, we kind of do need to wind down. <laughs> oh, okay. That's better. That's better. That's better. Be Sarah was just revving up. I know. No, it's better that I don't. I need to like not think about that. I have. I have. You reminded me earlier that we do need to encourage people to get their "It's Hard Being a Person" merch. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Show. Uh, show how you're resilient. Mm-hmm. Just. We're all in this living. together. We're all sure in the same are. boat. In the Mariana Trench. And, I was just going to say it. <laughs> And it helps us so much when you use our codes or you get our merch or join our Patreon. Yes. Those are all things that we are so thankful for. I've been on a real kick on using our own codes for things because I've just needed a, like, well, a yeah, restock. Well, yeah, that's on, the thing. Yeah. Sometimes you guys talk And I'm up. like, oh, yeah, I need more of that. I need more of that. I love it. It's great. Uh, today we learned about disgusting food and why we, we probably oh, shouldn't call God. it that. Yep, shouldn't call it disgusting food. Um... Yeah, man, learned about resilience, learned about how having somebody who love who loves you really helps, but don't Makes worry because you can you can build some of that as an adult as well. 
yep. with some good, healthy relationships. We learned that there's an underwater church that is totally freaking <gasps> oh me out. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot. And, and that they freaking drowned an entire city. We're not getting revved up. We're calming down. We're calming down. <laughs> we learned about a Cheetos scam. Yes. I mean, come on, man. Just tell us the truth. We like it. Like, it's we just love as snacks good. as much as the next guy, but you can't We're lie fine. about them. Right. It's rude. Architecture yeah. equals patriarchy. We learned that. As most things do. What's mm-hmm. new? And uh, we learned about a nun who... Uh, is fine with you death. dying. Fine with, yeah. <laughs> likes it's like, death. Likes death. She yeah, says she gets she a lot says, of skulls. People give her skulls. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. She, she's, you know, I feel like there was a saint who was like, like there's like, you know how they always have like yeah, there's things that represent them. Mm-hmm. There's like a saint of, of death and she's probably like, she's like the goth nun. I'm into this. She, she probably, probably, probably accompany you to Cambria to D-Sage or whatever the hell. Yes. Oh my God. She would be great for that. For sure. That'd be awesome. Get her but on the phone. Really? We just want you to tell a friend and yeah. keep listening and subscribe and yeah. It helps us so much, and we're so grateful. We love you guys. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.